the message I've prepared for you this morning that I was going to bring over had I been shoveled out and share at church is from the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. And I would invite you, if you have a Bible, turn with me to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 3. I'm going to read a passage in this chapter, verses 7 through 12. As we see how the crowds are following Jesus. Verse 7, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake, and a large crowd from Galilee followed. When they heard all he was doing, many people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, and the regions across the Jordan, and around Tyre and Sidon. Because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him, to keep people from crowding him. For he had healed many, so that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. Whenever the evil spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. But he gave them strict orders not to tell who he was. All of us have pressures and stresses. All the time, especially in these times, busy schedules, overcrowded, overcommitted responsibilities, COVID health crisis, financial concerns, work deadlines, the list goes on and on and on. Things that cause us stress and press. My favorite children's book that I ran a ran into years ago when my children were little. Used to love to read it to them, and I still like to read it to my grandkids. They know that I love to read it to them, so they'll often pick it out and say, Pop, Pop, can you read this? It's Judith Vorst's children's book entitled Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. It's about a boy who was seven or eight who has an unbelievable, stressful day. For example, Alexander says in one breath, I went to sleep with gum in my mouth, and now there's gum in my hair. And when I got out of bed this morning, I tripped on the skateboard, and by mistake, I dropped my sweater into the sink while the water was running, and I could tell that it was going to be a terrible, horrible, no good very bad day. You may be thinking, I feel like this is that kind of day. I can't even get out of my house to get into the car and get on the road. Going to have to shovel. We all have bad days. And for Alexander, things went on like this all day. And then came evening when he said, there was lima beans for dinner and I hate limas. There was kissing on TV, and I hate kissing. My bath was too hot. I got soap in my eyes. My marble went down the drain, and I had to wear my railroad train pajamas. I hate my railroad train pajamas. Then when I went to bed, Nick 
took back the pillow he said I could keep, and the Mickey Mouse nightlight burned out, and I bit my tongue. The cat wants to sleep with Anthony, not with me. It's been a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. I think I'll move to Australia. Well, as I said, we all deal with stresses and presses, and Jesus did too. One of his major pressure points was religious leaders wanting to kill him. In a chapter back from what I read, Mark chapter 2, verse 7, we see that Jesus is being accused of blasphemy after he had healed a paralyzed man. In this chapter, just before what I read in Mark 3, 6, we see the Pharisees plotting with the Herodians to kill him, threatened by his power and sensing competition with his popularity. Jesus was of great celebrity, and that was a cause of stress to the Pharisees and therefore to him as they set up antagonism and opposition, even to the point of planning to kill him. Pressure point number two was the stress of popularity. Think of that. As a celebrity, the beginning of his second year of ministry, as his popularity was building, people thronged to him. People came in large crowds, as we read, from Galilee and many from all over Judea, Jerusalem, a hundred miles away here from where he was preaching by the Sea of Galilee. Idumea, again, a hundred miles and more from where he is across the Jordan River, approximately 60 miles from the city of Tyre, 25 to 30 miles from where Jesus is here. Sidon, over on the coast, 40 miles or so from where Jesus is. This morning, I want to start a new sermon series and build up for the next Lent, the next month towards the season of Lent, focusing on the person and work of Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Of course, that's always a great theme, no matter what the season, focusing on celebration of Jesus. But think about the question for today is what makes Jesus so attractive? Then and now, what attracts us to Jesus and how can we attract others to him as we look at who he was? And maybe you've watched award shows like the People's Choice Awards. Jesus, at this time of his life, was the people's choice. Some came to see Jesus, the greatest show on earth, all of his signs and wonders and miracles. Some came because of their needs for healing, for deliverance. Some came to hear and to learn, to be taught by this, the greatest master rabbi and teacher. Some came out of spiritual thirst. Three wise men from the east, from Persia, came seeking the light of the 
the true star of Bethlehem, Nicodemus, who I call Nick at night, came under the cover of darkness because he had a spiritual thirst. Question is, what draws people, what draws us then and now to Jesus, the people's choice? What's so attractive? Perhaps if it were our day, he would be on the cover of People magazine or of Time magazine, the man of the year. Let's think about Jesus for these weeks, especially beginning this morning. The people's choice. Notice in this passage, Jesus modeled a, an attractive pattern of stress management that is informative for all of us. Jesus modeled this pattern of stress management. A three-step process. Prayer, care, and share. Let's think about how we might manage the stress in our lives through prayer, through caring, through sharing. First of all, prayer. We need to stay spiritually connected to our Heavenly Father, just as Jesus did. Let me say that again. We need to stay, as Jesus did, spiritually connected to our Heavenly Father. Jesus' power base for dealing with the pressures of popularity and everything in his life was prayer. You remember in the first chapter of Mark, early in the morning, Jesus went off to a solitary place and prayed. Mark chapter 3, verse 7, where we start off this passage that I read, Jesus withdrew with his disciples. Don't underestimate Jesus' need for prayer. And if Jesus needed to pray, we certainly do. I love that quote by the father of the Protestant Reformation, Martin Luther. Martin Luther is known for have saying, most mornings I spend two hours in prayer, except for when I'm really busy. Then I spend three hours in prayer. Wow, what a great example that is for one who was used by God to change and reform the church, and impact the whole world. Let me say that again. Listen to this quote one more time. Martin Luther said, Most mornings I spend two hours in prayer, except for when I'm really busy. Then I spend three hours in prayer. Like Jesus' teaching, he told us to abide in the vine. He is the vine, and we are the branches. Without that constant contact, we will not bear fruit. But abiding in him, abiding in Christ, and he abiding in us, we can bear much fruit. You can't have life to its full or peace without staying constantly spiritually connected to God in prayer. And not only staying spiritually connected, but always spiritually directed to the Father, by the Father. Spiritual direction from the Father. You remember Jesus, before beginning his earthly ministry, just after he was baptized by John, 40 days in the wilderness, 
fasting and praying, listening and being directed, getting direction from his heavenly father, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Again, in Mark chapter 1, let me read a few verses. Think about this. As Jesus went through his ministry, as there were still many people left to heal and deliver in Capernaum, in Mark chapter 1, beginning with verse 35, it says, In the morning, long before dawn, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a lonely place and prayed there. Simon and his companions set out in search for him, and when they found him, they said, Everybody's looking for you. And he answered, Let's go elsewhere, to the neighboring country towns, so I can preach there too, because that is why I've come. And he went all through Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Think about this. If Jesus could and did stop and ask directions, so should we. Jesus got his directions, the Father's will, as he listened in prayer. You know, I think about me, and I think about all of us probably, all too often we get directed and motivated by different things, three things in general. We get directed by so many needs and so little time. We're often need-driven as we perceive needs around us. Or, number two, we're driven and directed by other people's expectations, too often motivated to please others. At least that's the way I am. I've known all through my life and ministry that I'm all too often guided by what others want me to do, and I need to be more focused on what God wants me to do, especially. It may not be what others are expecting and wanting, other people's expectations. Or we might be directed by our worries and fears, fear-directed. What if I don't do this? What if this happens? I need to do this because some calamity will happen rather than being directed by our Heavenly Father. We need to be spiritually in touch and in tune with God the Father, staying spiritually connected and staying continually spiritually directed by the Father. Jesus' model of stress management was first and foremost his prayer life. Pause and pray every day to stay connected and get directions from God in prayer. We need to look up and we need to look around. When we get stressed, when the pressures of this life and this world come crashing in on us, we need to look up to our Heavenly Father and we need to look around to see others. Look outside of ourselves. Jesus modeled this too. See Jesus' ministry in verse 10, his caring and compassion for others. Jesus' focus was always outward in caring, not inward 
internally focused on self like we too often are. Jesus knew how to draw out the best in others. All too often we share accusations instead of affirmations with others. All too often we share criticism instead of celebration of others. All too often we see problems in others rather than their possibilities. All too often we use words of discouragement rather than encouragement for others. We need to care. Practice Christ-like compassion and caring. Stop, look, and listen. See people's hurts. See people's needs. Look around you. There are lots of people who are hurting. Not only this time, but always. See other people through the eyes of Jesus. For all people matter to Jesus and therefore should matter to us. Be positive in a put-down world. Every day, go out of your way to say something positive to those who are close to you and those with whom you have contact every day. Be positive in a put-down world. Be counter-cultural. Go against the flow. Stop tearing down and start building up another person with compassion and care. Let that be your personal orientation. Like Jesus, you'll be amazed at how much pressure and stress it takes off of you. Caring. Love in action. Dare to care by doing good things for others. I dare you. I double dare you. I double dog dare you to care with love and action. Again, in a me first generation, a self-centered society, learn and live out Christ-like humility and servanthood, sacrificially caring for others with compassion. In 1 John 3.16, another 3.16, not the Gospel of John, but his first epistle. 1 John 3.16 and following says, This has taught us to love, that he gave up his life for us. And we too ought to give up our lives for our brothers. If a man who is rich enough in this world's goods saw that one of his brothers was in need, but closed his heart to him, how could the love of God be living in him? My beloved children, Our love is not to be just words or mere talk, but something real and active. Only by this can we be certain that we are children of the truth, John writes. Think today about what you can do to help others. There's lots of people in need. I dare you to care, as I said. At least once a week for this next month as we go into February. It's a great month to share love. Valentine's Day, you can care and love people before Valentine's Day or after Valentine's Day. Phone a friend who's hurting and alone. Send a note of sympathy and compassion in these difficult times. 
someone who has lost a loved one, send a sympathy card. It's easy to do. Give a gift of love and support where God has given you means. Perhaps even if you're able, if you're physically able, if your doctor says it's okay, shovel snow for someone today. (laughs) Anyhow, only if you're able. But according to the abilities and gifts God has given you, give and care and share. Speaking of sharing, when we're stressed, prayer and caring are great ways to find relief from that. And one more, and that is sharing. Prayer, care, and share. What a great three-step process. Today, be a witness. This week, be a witness. Tell a friend about what a friend we have in Jesus. Direct attention of others away from you and to Jesus. What a radical thought. Don't try and draw attention to yourself, but reflect and deflect attention to Christ. Tell others what Jesus has done for you. Give a witness, share a testimony, tell the good news of Christ and his salvation. You remember Jesus' command to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. He said, and you will wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Wait on the Lord, wait for the Holy Spirit, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. For us today, Holy Spirit filled, inspired, directed, empowered, we are called to be his witnesses in Bricktown, in Ocean County, in New Jersey, even to the uttermost parts of the earth. We can be a witness for Christ and show the world how attractive he was and how he is. Be a witness and shine his light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Jesus was a shining light, shining attraction in a dull and shadowy world. He also said, you, you and I are the light of the world, a city on the hill, church, shine for Jesus. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Be a beacon of hope in a despairing world. Share the light of truth in a deceitful world. Shine the light of his amazing grace. A rescue, a lighthouse to the lost and perishing amidst all kinds of storms. Show the love of Christ to the lonely, and the afraid, shine his light and share his love. In this world of toils and cares, presence and stresses all around, in this world we have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Look up to Jesus. Look around. See those around you. and Look ahead to the glory that awaits us. And shine the light. Share a witness. Be different. Attract people to Christ by prayer and care and sharing. 
Jesus really is the most amazing and attractive person who ever lived. That's a great way to spend a day. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the power of your love that draws us, for the opportunity to pray without ceasing all day, every day, that we might find relief from the challenges we face in our lives and be more like you. Oh, Lord, help us to be like Jesus. Help us to live like him, to pray like him, to have that close, intimate relationship and fellowship with you, O God. And Lord, help us to have bigger and bigger hearts, to care for others around us. Help us, and we we pray that you would forgive us for caring all too often about ourselves and our needs instead of looking around us. Help us to see others as you see them through your eyes, Lord Jesus. And Lord, enable us to be your witnesses now and forever. We thank you for this great calling, this great opportunity. In these times of challenge and change, help us to be like Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.